Welcome back to the Western Focus Podcast, Episode 5, the first week in the West of both the LCS and the LEC playing games in the same week. I'm your host, Steven Meister. With me is my co-host, Blue. Blue, it was a pretty nice first week for the LCS, a couple of surprises going on, but now the LEC is really going to be kicking into gear with this final round of best of ones going into next week, and two teams will be eliminated. We got a lot to discuss today, don't we? Yeah, I mean... As always, probably going to be saying this every week, but it's it's so fun to watch these teams play. I'm always excited to tune in, and it's going to be no different this upcoming week. Yep, definitely a lot to look forward to here. Again, big, big moves at the LEC, but we will be first talking about the LCS week one, officially done with, and a couple of surprises near the top of the standings. So Cloud9 sits atop the standings with 2-0 along with FlyQuest, no surprises there. But TSM found a 2-0 start to the season along with CLG. Those are your surprises at the top. And then at the bottom, pretty stock standard except for Team Liquid Honda at 0-2. Not off to the start that many people thought they would be getting. Bean, what are your thoughts on some of those surprises so far? I'd say Fly is at the top of the league, kind of as we expected. They they played really cleanly, and out of all the teams, I'm probably the most confident in right now saying they're the best, at least for, of course, week one. It just feels like so much here is out of place. Like, yeah, TSM, CLG are somehow ruling the league. It's like we're back in 2013. TL, who I was sort of expecting big things out of, like, me personally, I was excited to watch them. They're somehow scrubbing the floor with Immortals. Like, in fairness, it is it is week one, but I'm just, I'm lost here. Like, what is going on? I want to give a lot of credit to CLG because I was talking about it in the Power Rankings episode. I, I really liked Luger, and I thought that, hey, you know, if he can do really well, boom, with him to some extent too, but if Luger can get the ball rolling in these games, he can be a guy to hard carry for them, and I think he definitely has been contracts, has been really good as well going around the map trying to get everyone going. So a lot of credit to CLG. They've just been playing really well. Again, it is week one, but they did have you know, the, the pedigree going back to last year playing really well, so this might not be a fluke for them. TSM, on the other hand, you know, we'll kind of see how it goes. You know, they kind of just took advantage of Immortals being even worse than them. And then the TL game was actually interesting because they actually had to do a little bit of work to get back into it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's 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 a nice surprise, I guess, depending on who you are, to see TSM back at the top. And then, yeah, TSL, TL was just an embarrassment with their two losses. Both of them were embarrassing for completely different reasons. So kind of frustrating to see that for Team Liquid, to, again, depending on who you are. We're expecting them to be one of the stronger teams in the league, but again, only week one, they got plenty of time to try to get the synergy going, work on the team play, and kind of turn it around, and we'll see what happens, you know, a few weeks later when we can start trying to make actual conclusions. Yeah, and worth noting, I don't know if you saw, but they subbed out Pioshik. Pioshik apparently went into retirement, brought in this local talent named Mark, and I don't know. Full he, NA American Mark. He didn't, he didn't perform to expectations either, like... Are they gonna are they gonna replace the jungler again? Like, what's going on here? Well, yeah, I I didn't have a lot of expectations for Mark coming in. Uh, you know, didn't really hear a lot about him, but it was you know a valiant first LCS game for him. But hey, maybe it's time for Blipo to come back to the jungle. Am I right or am I right? Uh, you might just be right. Like they, I they might got just him, be right, ladies. And they gentlemen. got him on payroll. Like, come on, do Ooh, it. He's he's just sitting there streaming. Get in there, Blipo. Get get back in that jungle. You were good <laughs> on that, a fanatic. Come on. 
Alright, so just like last week with the LEC, we will be doing LCS awards this week. Similar to last week, we're going to be dropping the worst game just in interest of time uh, to kind of keep things going on a little bit quick to talk about the LEC as well. So for the best game that I ended up pulling out, I ended up going with TSM versus Team Liquid. And as I was kind of saying before, it was a, a good game for Team Liquid at the start, you know. Everyone's thinking, yeah, this is going to be a good game for TL to kind of rebound. TSM, yeah, they, they won their first game, but it was against Immortals, you know, big whoop. TL had good control of the early game. They had a 4,000 gold lead at 20 minutes. And it was just looking like, yeah, okay, you know, TL's going to beat the vastly inferior opponent, and we're just going to move on with our day, and both teams end up 1-1. But TSM actually ended up kind of finding a weird way back in. Harry ended up going in too deep at a dragon fight around like 23 minutes into the game, and he was forced to base and then teleport back into the fight that ended up occurring during his recall. So he was out of that for 12 seconds. Summit ends up trying to go in and enforce a play at the dragon. He whiffs and he dies. Harry teleports back in but at that point the fight's already lost and TSM got the dragon and then that kind of leads in to this point where it was like about 30 minutes into the game I think it was like 28 minutes into the game gold was dead even and then at that point Pioshik and Kor got picked mid lane TSM kind of ended up going into the Baron off of that and then they're able to kind of continue going along with objectives right Bean? Yeah I mean I, I found it really hard to pick out a game that I'd call my best for this week as well. And I, I think I'd agree with you that it was probably that TLTSM game. Yeah, near the end, kind of as you were alluding to, TL just sort of kept getting caught out, weren't making quite the plays they were hoping for, I'm sure. TSM found those all-important picks, ended up getting that nice smooth Baron near the end, and found what I'd call a relatively clean end through just flat-out better coordination, quite frankly. Like, yeah, crazy. TSM beating TL at this point, but it was kind of good to see for them, so no complaints, I guess. And again, without spoiling too much later on, Pioshik slash Mark had a really rough series uh, of games, the first two games. Summit as well was not looking impressive. He looked kind of like the C9 Summit from playoffs last year in spring, so the, the imports have not gotten off to a hot start TL. We'll see if they can find a way to turn it around. Obviously, the pedigree's there with, with Summit especially. He was renowned in Korea for being really good. Pioshik, as we talked about in one of the earlier episodes as well, had his up and ups and downs last year. Depending on who you were, that could have been a signing where it's like, eh, I'm not necessarily surprised that he's not doing too good. And then we'll see how Mark can do to continue on in Pioshik's absence, of course, now that he's retired. Hard to say who they're going to end up playing going forward. Bwipo, come on, man. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that, that option does exist. MVP slash LVP for LCS Week 1. My MVP is the fudge factor in the top lane on Cloud9. He absolutely dominated both of his Cassante games from the very start, solo killing his opponents in lane, making outplays in lane, just absolutely styling on teams and the team fights. There was a specific fight in the Golden Guardians game where they were kind of around Dragon, and Berserker got caught near the beginning of it. I, feel, I think he was playing Zeri, maybe I'm wrong on that, but he got caught out at the beginning of the fight, died really early on, and then Fudge just comes in like a little bit late. But he just ends up just absolutely hard carrying that fight, demolishing Golden Guardians, coming up with some really nice combos with the Cassante Qs. 
the the Q3, the knockback. It was awesome. He completely destroyed everyone and was a huge, huge reason as to why C9 won those games. The, the entirety of C9 played really well, but Fudge really got it going from minute one in the solo lane, doing it all on his own. That was really impressive to me. Yeah, coincidentally enough, I wanted to give a big shout out to the Fudge Factor myself. He he really did his job like best that I I think we could have expected. But the reason I didn't give it to him myself is because he seemed like a good player on a good team. They all played really well. So I leaned a little away where I wanted to give, give it to Contracts instead just because of how critical he was to CLG's success this particular week. Some highlights, like huge engages playing the Sejuani versus uh, Evil Geniuses. And overall, I'd say pretty major reason why they turned that game around. And like, yeah, guy went in with no fear, managed to hit totally illegal ults on a few occasions. Like the one that comes to mind for me immediately off the top of the dome is the sideways cue into the ult on JoJo's Rise in the last fight. Pretty much won them the game from there. Special shout out as well to Palafaker. He deserves praise for staying relevant all game on that Cassiopeia, being enough of sort of a half beefy half dps threat which served as like the follow-up for those contracts and gauges and allowed them to secure those fights so put some respect on the clg name in general is where i'm saying yeah contracts is a really good pick too i wanted to shout out prince for my just secondary kind of thing i think flyquest kind of like gift wrapped him some kills but a lot of it was just on his own he had no fear especially on the zeri i think it was in the second game like dashing in constantly he knew the limits of his champions really well and we hyped him up at the beginning from him being imported in from korea and he's living up to the hype as well right off the beginning and FlyQuest looking very dominant, our preseason favorites, probably a lot of people's preseason favorites as well. So good on Prince to living up to the hype so far. Yep, for sure. And now for the LVPs. I think there is a couple obvious ones. Very, very tight. First, I guess when I call it winner slash loser of LVP is Jojo Pion. He had negative impact basically in that first game. Very, very poor. Caught caught out left and right out of position in side lanes, whatever. No real impact. The second game turned up a little bit better for him. He actually had like a like very, very minuscule amounts of impact, which is better than nothing. Especially on the rise. He did not play the rise well at all. And they were mentioning it on the broadcast too, so I can't take full credit for it, but like he was not taking advantage of the side lanes, looking around to make plays with the Realm Warp, find those innovative flanks that you see some of the more experienced players do. It was just not a good game. Slightly better from game one, but that wasn't saying much. Constantly caught out around the map, not pushing the side lanes, not trying to find those creative plays. Very much a dud week for JoJo week one. Yeah, I mean, not scripted by the way, but my LVP also goes to JoJo. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of obvious. Yeah, I mean, but... like in, in both games, I to give him the credit, I think that in lane phase at least, he did sort of come out ahead or at least even. So I guess we can't go too, too hard on him. But yeah, that being said, like he entered pretty hard in both mid games over this week. And I'd say that he personally held a lot of the blame for EG's loss to CLG as well as that almost throw against Golden Guardians. That was a pretty close game too. And like, yeah, the lane doesn't matter when you were that bad uh, across the, the later stages of the game. Yeah, like like with a total score of 5, 12, and 10 against two teams that like really, they're, they're not like on paper that great teams, that great opponents. So like, yeah, we I guess we could maybe chalk it up to a shaky start with it being week one and all, but I don't know. I, I just expected a lot better out of him. 
Yeah, I think you definitely could just expect a lot better out of JoJo. He was really great in his rookie split last year, rookie season last year. So, you know, something weird with week one. A lot of stuff has been, you know, weird across both regions for the early going. So we'll see if JoJo can bounce back. I'm sure he will. He's a really great, young, talented player. Coordination issues or something, not necessarily sure to do around the map could be anything but we'll see if he can bounce back and then shout out to summit for me as well it was super super tight between jojo and summit for the lvp for me summit was pretty much equally as terrible as jojo in both games especially the tsm game he was really like looking like reggie had him on payroll for some of those moments throughout that game so shout out to summit as well you're looking really bad still and i'm glad c9 got rid of you when they did oh my god shots fired Wrapping up the awards, we will be going into our best play and worst plays of the week. For me, I ended up. Sh- I want to shout out Diplex. He had a couple of really nice plays. There was one outplay he had mid lane uh, in the same game as the one I'm going to say the best play was. We had a. Uh, he was ganked by River and Young in the lane. He ends up kind of kiting back to his tower. St- on Silas steals the. Sejuani ult from River as Young gets a little bit too far, gets under tower, Chain sees him under the tower for the, the kill in the 2v1, and he lives on like a couple health. Very nice play. But the best play I'm going to give it to is a play in the top lane, where he's kind of caught overextended a bit by four members of Golden Guardians on the Silas. Fudge ends up TPing in on Cassante to help, um, but Licorice TPs in his own not too long after that to make it a, a full-blown 2v5 for the start, but Fudge ends up tanking up a lot of damage and kind of ults uh, River Sejuani from that fight into the river. It kind of isolates Diplex in this very awkward 1v3 that Licorice immediately tries to take advantage of and jumps on him as Jax with the QE and stuns him up. Diplex is forced to kind of E-flash into the bushes near the near the alcove in the top lane, and then 6A and Huhi on the Sivir-Yumi combo are kind of chasing a little behind Licorice, so it's kind of an awkward play for them. But shout out to Diplex, he had just enough space that he kind of does a fadeaway throwout of his E-chain, and 6A just walks right into it. Like, he doesn't even spell that he must have just thought the range was going to be too short, but you're, he's literally walking right in the direction of where the chains are coming out. Face tanks the chains... And Sivir basically at full HP with the Yumi on her versus this like 500 health, if I had to guess without seeing the exact number, Silas just absolutely gets one shot by him as Zven kind of comes in with the Lulu ult to give a little bit of extra crowd control to make sure that Diplex got the kill off. Crowd goes wild. That was super hype. Diplex did still end up dying to Licorice. But he got the kill on Sivir and stalled out long enough that Fudge cleaned up River in that uh, Cassante ult from the initial play. Blabber gets to come up, and then with Zven there still, of course, they kind of get a, a really convincing fight when there was, a, I believe it was four for one. And then they just waltz down into Golden Garden's base and take the win right after that. So shout out to Diplex. He had a couple of really nice plays there, both of them in the same game against Golden Guardians. He's looking really solid to start out for C9, and they kind of needed him to be because he was the big question mark. With Jensen not being there, he's off to a roaring start so far. And coincidentally, I'm going to be giving Golden Guardians kind of the good side of my best play, where in their game against Evil Geniuses, I'm not going to go too hard on the details here because I could gush on this forever, but for about five minutes straight, and I guess only five minutes, I think the team played really well around tempo. So kind of to sum it up, like, 
they had really smart timing to clear the top river vision about halfway into the game. They rushed a single EG target down with Licorice Ragnarok Olaf leading the charge there. Young, in a couple instances, just used vision pockets really smartly and stopwatch as well to his advantage, kind of baits out EG's attention in a couple instances there, as well faking resets to bait out Evil Genius's resets. It, it all just looked so good in, in combination. And after all that put together, they secure a Baron that they probably shouldn't have had, had EG played a little smarter. Then even after that, they, they fake like they're running away for a little bit, and then seeing Someday jumping in on the jacks, they turn around for a really quick kill on him, and then get out scot-free. And like, yeah, at the end of the game, they did lose that game. Unfortunate as it is, I'd say it's it's the retirement home diff. Like, what else can you really call it? This individual part, this five minutes here, was just really smart, I felt. The last minute sub, Young, covering here, just really pulled his weight, I felt like. Yeah, Young was surprisingly decent. I was definitely just bearish to minimum expectation for him, but he was he was decent enough, and he was not like a liability far from it. Gory is back, though. He got to North America. He is coming in, and LCS, you better run. He has arrived to take over the league and elevate Golden Guardians to, what did I say, seventh place, I think I predicted. Watch out. They're full power here. So now going into my worst play, I had two. Again, coincidentally, they were both in that EG Golden Guardians game. The first one, Young and River just dove uh, JoJo and Vulcan bot lane. They got both kills on them. FBI is coming from base, and he he's Jin. He pops the ult. Both Young and River are, are somewhat low. So what they decide to do is like, hey, like River's higher health than Young. Young is going to stand behind River in that bot lane kind of Krug bush. River will just tank the gin bullets, he'll just stand still, tank the gin bullets, and then they'll just walk away. No problem. What they didn't account for was that Inspired on Sejuani was also coming there with FBI on the gin. And what happens is Inspired Q ults in, chunks River really low to the point where with the gin bullets, he's super, super low, and they're just standing there until the Sejuani ult comes in, and then they both are just forced to run away, and they both get cleaned up for free. I don't understand why you can't just stay in a straight line and run away. I know it's a bit harder, but you're in that spot where you can literally just hug the wall and at least create a little bit of space if you don't want to go the entire way. Really random and really silly way to, to die there. It makes sense in theory, but just not practical for that situation. I guess they didn't know Sej would be there, but still, you can run away. And then I'll save my second one just after you, just in case you uh, have something in this game as well. But there was another play in here that was really silly. Now, nah, for me, the, the worst play that I awarded is, like, yeah, I called this the best game in agreement with you. But one particular play stood out to me. TL diving TSM at about 11 minutes. The whole setup for this play is just so weird. Pioshik is coming in. TL is on blue side. They're coming up on TSM's tier one bot turret. And Pioshik's trying to come in from the, the little tri-bush on the blue side jungle there. Like, CoreJJ, way before Pioshik is anywhere near, uses the Nami ult on Neo and Chime, so nothing happens out of that. About two seconds later, Pioshik comes in, throws a Sejuani ult, and again, just a tiny trade, but all of TL backs off. Next up to the conga line, Harry shows up, so they go in once again, but nobody has any abilities at this point, so they just get chunked and run again, but... Like, yeah, they get the one for one, but they like literally invested everything at this point. And it's just, 
I don't know, it's sloppy coordination and execution. Like either wait to chain that CC or back off because at that point they noticed Boogie is there. So I don't know, just a weird play to me all around. Yeah, just a, a lot of silly stuff in, in that game, to be fair. But that was that was one of the worst moments. And then my second uh, worst play of the game was also in EG Golden Guardians. Someday ended up catching uh, Licorice separated from the team at a, a dragon fight. Someday was on Jax, Licorice was on Olaf. Someday takes the 1v1 on Licorice isolated. Licorice retreats to under his mid-inner tower. And Someday, already having chunked Licorice pretty low, and he's basically, you know, a very healthy amount of HP. He's like, oh yeah, I can just walk under the tower and kill him, no problem. Someday ends up taking four tower shots as he goes fully underneath the mid-inner tower in the 1v1. And Licorice just stands there and is like, okay, like, yeah, you can do that. I, I, I mean, I don't blame Someday for doing it because the amount of damage he got off right away is like, yeah, like, there's no way. I was thinking there's no way Licorice, like, lives through this, even if he gets under the tower. It, it, it literally just seemed like Someday just stopped dealing as much damage. Kind of unfortunate just for Someday there. But it was just a super silly play. Like, you don't need to do that in the first place. Like, I respect trying to go for the kill. He was already really low. But you already chunked them off. Go join your team up at Dragon. Help uh, try to take over that fight there against Golden Guardians. But you ended up looking really silly and dying in the 1v1 all the way under the mid-inner tower. Yeah, and to kind of add on a little bit, like A, even if he does get that kill, he probably would have died anyway. So it's it's not really a useful play. I don't know if it's entirely his fault for doing that, but they ended up losing the Dragon even. So it, it was just weird. Yes, especially if they lost the dragon it's like you didn't need to do that like you chunked them so low looks like a free kill is a free kill but it's a it's a team game there and your team is contesting the objective you already did your job there try to maybe go help your team but anyways a lot of fun stuff happening in the lcs for this opening week again a couple surprises at the top of the standings with tsm and clg couple of not surprises at all c9 absolutely dominating their games 2-0 flyquest absolutely dominating their games 2-0 we look forward to what will happen next week with the lcs but now we will be pivoting into the lec discussion two teams will be eliminated at the end of next week bean why don't you get us started off with this lec discussion yeah i mean i'm glad you're handing me the reins here because i know we like to have our fun here on the western focus podcast but I need to take a second. Let's be serious for just a second here. I've made a severe and continuous lapse in my judgment, and I don't expect to be forgiven. I'm just here to apologize. Like, first off... SK forgiven? Like, I don't know, but... Uh, like Forgiven Gree? Yeah. Like, like let, let, let's let be serious here. Let's be serious. So, <laughs> first off, Hilly, I know he may still be a memer. I gave him that meme award last week, but... He makes these crazy plays, but this week in particular, he's just been doing his job really well. Like, special shout-out to his Ash Arrows. Matt as a whole have surprised me. Second off, Steve, you absolutely called it. BDS probably still won't be challenging for a title anytime soon. We can put that out there, but I think it's pretty clear at this point that they're not going to be 10th place. They've upgraded to a very solid middle-of-the-pack team, and i got to give my respect. And I had him 8th place, baby. Let's go, BDS. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the case, but yeah. And then last but definitely not least, I own an apology here to Fnatic. I said they'd be about 6th, but man, did I give them way too much credit. So I can't believe you're right. I can't believe you're like, right. Yeah, it's not an apology here, but I you're still... Bragging. I I am. 
but I, I still think that they're overrated across the board, and I am tripling down, man. They look depressed. They play depressed. If they don't want to follow in TSM's footsteps, they're going to have to make some big changes. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you know, I, I, as much as I don't want to admit it, Fnatic ain't looking too great. And I, I won't spoil our next topic of discussion, but I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I thought they'd be doing better than this. You know, I, I, I wasn't like putting them as favorites or anything. Obviously, I think I had them finishing like fourth but I still had them making it through to the third round, and the fact that they're even anywhere close to getting eliminated now is 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 very sad for me. And then I do want to issue a little bit of an apology to SK, okay? Because I think Bean and I kind of had similar thoughts on them. I think he was a little bit higher on some of the other players. We both liked Marcoon, and that was like the one bright spot that I saw on the team. But especially to Sirtis, I think it was the third game that they played this week. He had that super nuts Akali play. And it's just like, oh my goodness! Like I, like I had no clue who I was watching. Like, if you took take the nameplate off, it's I like am, am I watching like you know Prime Faker or something like that with whatever he was doing there? It was nuts. He's he's really stepped up a lot for SK to put them where they are now. I believe four and two in the standings, basically secured to go into the second round. We'll see if they can keep it up in the best of threes. They completely turned it around from that week one. Irrelevant, we memed on, and we kind of were a little bit hard on them. I think for mainly the the double grievous buy. He even started playing better this week. Marcoon, who was absolutely a ghost for the first two games, he's really turned it around. Exekick and Doss are smashing people 2v2 bot in the early game, just absolutely taking control of lanes. I liked Exekick. I thought he had a little bit of potential, and then Doss I wasn't really too high on because he was in the LEC for a little bit and kind of flamed out really quickly. But massive props to those two guys, especially because they were the ones where it's like, hey, you know, like Exekick has a little something going here. Certus, we kind of saw a little bit out of, you're not really expecting a ton out of him. But it's like, hey, if Exekick can, you know, develop into something nice, that's going to be that kind of piece with Marcoon that they'll need to develop and have a shot. Not even, even obviously getting into the top four that's still way too early but even getting into the top eight and boy have they done that so shout outs to Exekick and Doss especially and I'm sorry SK I liked Marcoon but now I like more of your team yeah like what a world we live in where SK and BDS are in a four-way tie for second place like Crownie's MVP by the way I'm still standing my ground on that even the Jin game where he just kind of played utility like he was just great this week as well he's 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 my guy it's it's been a time the LEC just like the LCS there's huge shakeups here and at the end of the day we're here to watch it's it's a good time but anyway i guess if we're if we've got the standings as a whole what what better way to kind of end it off here than by talking about our elimination predictions now we are going to put ourselves a little on the spot here for this one maybe we're going to be completely way off base but we got to do it it's obligatory at this point well, maybe you're going to be on the spot. I don't know how much looking into it you did, but I looked into it, and I, I know who I'm picking. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a surprise, but I know who I'm picking for sure, and I have the good reasons why. Now, if if you don't mind, I'm going to take the first spot here. I Absolutely. Like, at a glance, and bear with me here, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent, but I I thought through a lot of scenarios here, and I think starting off, like, yeah, at a glance, we can probably agree that the two candidates... It's going to be down to Fnatic XL Astralis. That's like the short list that you would come in sort of expecting to be two of those three. So let's kind of run through that for a minute. So first, emotionally speaking, Astralis, they just have to be out. 
they look like the absolute bottom of the league to me on paper at least and they should be out but i think it is worth mentioning they'll be facing sk fanatic and koi which aren't really the top teams notwithstanding sk so i think it's kind of doable for them well, and I'm going to butt in with you really quickly here. Sorry to interrupt, but I mean, again, obviously on paper, Astralis should be the worst team, but they beat XL. They're both one in five and they beat XL. So they actually like mathematically have the tiebreaker over them in that case. So just it really shows you how bad XL has been struggling that they even found a way to lose to Astralis. Yeah. Kind of as you're mentioning, like XL, they just look broken. They lack an identity overall. Even the the coach was admitting it in like the interview to start off the day. And yeah, their schedule, they're facing Heretics, SK, Vitality. I think this is a pretty rough schedule for them. Kind of not really looking good for Excel unless they really pick themselves up by the bootstraps for this last week. And then next on the list, Fnatic. I say out of the three, they're probably the one that I'd give the highest chance of safety. So yes, they have MAD coming up. That's going to be a tough matchup. But then the other two teams they're going to be facing are Astralis, bottom of the bracket, and SK. And now, yes, SK do seem at the top here, sort of. But the way I'd put them is like a paradoxical Titan killer. Against the high t- high-end teams, they won their games. But against the lower teams, if they kind of keep up the trend, even in past years, I feel like they're going to lose. So Fnatic, I think they're going to go 2-1 and one on this week, and they're probably going to make it through. Now... Adding onto the list, the short list, I guess, unlikely but not impossible, just worth mentioning, Heretics for a second. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They play XL, Madden, BDS. Could be a rough schedule, but I think that their first game, they're going up against XL. They should win that, and then at that point, they'll probably be safe. So not going to put Heretics. But then call me crazy, last but definitely not least, I think it actually might be Koi that get knocked out here. Where they're tied with Fnatic right now at two and four. They're second or I guess third from the bottom, tied for seventh. Their schedule is going to start off with G2 and Vitality, two of the top teams in the league. So I expect them to lose both of those pretty convincingly. And then at that point, it's going to come down to whether or not they can beat Astralis on Monday, which regardless of the other games, I think that for these two teams, that game might actually be the decider. And Koi might just get knocked out. So my final prediction to kind of round off that whole long story is Fnatic and Heretics are going to be pretty safe. And then I'm going to say that Astralis is going to pull off an upset, sneak off an eighth, and then Koi and Excel are going to be the two that are going to get knocked out. That's where I'm going to put it. Wow. Okay. I was not expecting that at all. But that, that's great because like I, I think I, I kind of went with the chalk, just the way the standings are already. I'm, I went with Astralis and XL. So I'm, I was I was grinning when you were for your picks because like that that's definitely would be a crazy, crazy surprise if Astralis can actually find an upset. I, I just don't see it. Like the, the the one guarantee I had was Astralis. Like it's I, I just don't see it. Like if there's a team that they lose or that they beat, like maybe it is SK, like if that like, you know, like, Titan Slayer narrative is real, but, like, it's, I think SK's just actually looking good now, I don't even think it's just, like, a just beating up on the good teams, they're, they're just looking really solid, and then Koi and Fnatic, I mean, yeah, like, they, they have been looking bad, it's just kind of one of those things where I, I give the advantage to the pedigree of the players, even if they're struggling right now, I just don't think, like, Astralis is going to be able to be able to beat 
uh, them. So I have Astralis still guaranteed to get out. I was going to kind of do a similar thing just to you just did going through each team's schedule and whatever. I agree with Heretics. I think they're pretty safe. Like, they do have a tough schedule. Uh, in theory, what could have been XL and then Madden BDS. Like, Madden BDS will be tough games. But if you look at the standings and how it breaks down, it kind of just comes out to if you get four wins, your worst case scenario is probably just a tiebreaker. And if you can get to five wins, you'll get through. I think Heretics can definitely pick up one of those games. It just, it just comes down to can they actually take two. And I think they can definitely beat XL, assuming that they're still the one in five team that they've looked like. Madden BDS might be a little bit more interesting because we have seen you know them be pretty dominant, but they've had their moments of, of looking shaky as well. I just don't know if Heretics is going to be a good enough team to kind of capitalize and make those teams look shaky. But I'd say Heretics makes it through for sure. And then it kind of does come down to that three-man group of Koi, Fnatic, and XL. And the main reason why I just went with XL not making it out is because they're they're one in five. Like I think that extra win that Koi and Fnatic picked up is probably gonna be enough for them to to kind of be a shield and, and, and make them get out. Like XL's again assuming its current form they're not going to have a, a chance against Vitality. The Heretics game will be interesting, depending on maybe, you know, if you can... Depending on how you get Heretics playing, like, they're 3-3, three and three, so they've obviously had a, a very average kind of run, but do you get the Heretics that won the three games and they had some pretty nice wins in there, or looking really really shaky? And that would be saying something if they looked shaky enough to lose to how XL has been. And then SK, like I said, they've just been looking really good recently. So I just don't see... XL really being able to find a win. Now, the one interesting wrinkle, and not everyone might remember this, but Abadage did get signed to XL. So if there's going to be a roster change to try to be like, hey, like, you know, we're desperate, we're one in five, we got to just shake something up. And VTO has been looking very, very bad. It's not just like a true desperation thing. It's like, like VTO, you're just not cutting it right now. And yes, it is partly desperation, but it's validated. It's like maybe Abadage comes in, maybe they they shake something up, and that can be an I don't know if it gets them three wins though, like to sweep the weekend. I assume that Coin Fanatic will take care of business against Astralis. So that puts them to three wins. That means XL needs to find two wins to tie with them. And again, that means they would have to take the games against Heretics and SK, and I just don't see them taking both of those games so it's it's kind of boring kind of chalk but i think i think it's sound enough with how bad xl's looking even if they do shake it up with abadage like i don't see them being able to take those first two games so astralis xl are going to be missing out on going to that second round and i mean even for both of us like that's just a big shock with xl not being there i, I remember seeing like a little bit of uh talk in the community like i think i was watching I think it was LS, and he said, like, on his stream when he was, like, power-ranking some teams that, like, XL had some, like, issues that he heard of, like, just with the players. Like, some of the players just didn't like each other, like, for one reason or another. Obviously, he couldn't go into detail. There there might have been, like, some, some weird kind of seeds from the very early going already not making team cohesion easily, and that they can't find an identity with the play style, too, on top of it. The team environment could just be terrible. And I don't know, again, even if they do make a change to Abadage, that would be enough for them to get out of that hole that they're in already. So that's what I got. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you bringing up Abadage because I did actually forget about that. So interesting mention for sure. But 
kind of to, to hammer it home, I, I do think that at least from where I'm standing, just ba based on strength of schedule alone, at least, XL are probably going to come out of this 10th place because they lose that tiebreaker against Astralis. And then Fnatic Heretics are safe. And for the ninth place spot, for me, it's going to come down to that all important game on Sunday or Monday, I guess, is day three where Koi and Astralis are going to have to fight it out. And yeah, the safe bet is probably that Astralis loses, but I'm going to go with the riskier bet and say that Koi are actually going to lose and they're going to have the biggest fall from grace end up in ninth. Well, and I do think it's practical. like, uh, and, and that's like I said before, I appreciate you putting Koi down there because it is very, very practical. Just just to reiterate what you said, Vitality and G2 are looking like two of the better teams. Obviously, Vitality is 5-1 at the top, and then G2's in that, what is it, like three or four-way tie at 4-2. Four it, it's, it's very reasonable that, that, that Koi can, can lose both. I, I think it's just coming down to that one win that that's going to be the difference maker. They, they, I forget who they beat to get those two wins, but whichever extra win they got that XL didn't, I just think that that's enough of a buffer with XL's schedule being just hard enough they're going to end up missing out still. And that, and that's what happens when you when you go 1 and 5 to start, you know. Maybe you know surprises do happen. Excel was obviously the big one, but hey, Koi 2 and 4, who would have thought Fnatic 2 and 4, who would have thought except for you. <laughs> you know, but like that that's what happens. You you, you got to be able to find ways to win some best of ones. And quite frankly, Excel should be maybe should, should be as hard, but like they they could easily be 0 and 6. They they barely snuck out that win against BDS and and BDS is 4 and 2 right now. So, it, 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 it's tough. I, I, I like the Koi shout-out. I'm just going chalk. And that'll about do it for us today. Thanks for sticking around till the end, as always. And as a reminder, we're going to be here, right here on Spotify, every single week covering the latest and greatest in all of Western League of Legends. So be sure to drop a follow, stay up to date with the No Rival Network, and also come check us out on Twitter at No Rivals Esports, and share your hottest takes. But for now, take it easy. We'll see you again soon.